that's a growler. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and some stares for exercise. The movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howith, and with me today, I have brought in Jonathan Carlisle from the Princess Bride Minute to help me out. Tierney's got some family issues, so welcome, Jonathan. I made it. I watched the movie. I read the book. (laughs) I'm here, ready to go. Awesome. And our actual guest today is Dean Martin from LSG Media, the science fiction film podcast. Welcome, Dean. What's going on, gentlemen? Not much. It's funny you guys brought me in for this. I hadn't seen this in so long. I'm watching these minutes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I get this really cool victory scene, and then it just all crumbles by the fifth minute of the minutes I'm watching here. I was like, what? But it all falls apart for Dean. It all falls apart. It looks so promising. I'm like, oh, he's done it. Yes, I get the best minutes. And then he's like, no, psych. Our world's crumbling. So, oh, well. If it's any consolation, that's exactly how Atreyu feels, too. So, Yeah, perfect. I can be Atreyu, except much older. Everybody wants to be a Treyu. <laughs> it's the glorious hair. I mean, <laughs> it's not looking quite so glorious now, though. After his, his long yeah, quest, that's true. Awesome. Well, Jonathan, have you uh, have you stepped up to the plate? Do you have a minute breakdown for uh, us? Yes, I do. Some of these might get a little bit weird and interesting this week, but uh, so minute eighty. Minute eighty begins with Bastion's nostrils flaring while coming out from his covers, and ends with Falcor's <laughs> nostrils flaring while Atreyu is being covered. Perfect. That's wow. outstanding. <laughs> Thank you so much. I didn't write one of those, just so you know. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be quizzed later. It's okay. Okay. I'll take notes. <laughs> Speaking of notes, okay, so I don't know how much you guys have listened, but the first thing I have is that Bastion is eating this sandwich and this sandwich has got has has to have gone through hell to get here. There's so much dust in the air. He's opened that door or the window like at least twice. I'm sure Ascot Rat has come and ate a couple bites of it, but he is chowing down on this thing. Oh, is that his, and it's gross. That's his sandwich. Okay, I was <laughs> what just watching this minute. I thought it was his apple. I don't know why. I did. I kind of thought it was the too, sa- until he was ate the, the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. That's where I was going <laughs> when like, he shoved Ugh. the whole thing in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I the I, sandwich that he talked to. He talked to that sandwich, man. <laughs> No, <laughs> I've seen people it. eat like the the entire apple before, so I thought I just thought that was what he was doing, and it was a little bit weird. But if it's a sandwich, then okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Bastion's too sensitive for that. He's not eating a whole apple core. Mm-hmm. That takes a tough a tough uh, gut. <laughs> yeah, he's a quitter, like his friendly, loving dad tells him. I don't see him <laughs> going through and destroying the whole core with his mouth. I don't see it. <laughs> no, nah, he hasn't got that kind of gumption. Nope. He takes a bite out of the apple and starts getting brown. He's like, I'm done with it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Too much. I got to chew this thing? Get out of here. My dad was right. too much work. (laughs) I don't want to do it. (laughs) This is the same kid that couldn't even butter his own bread. Come on. I know. (laughs) So narrator Bastion returns. Yeah. You know, doing his one word narration here, or a couple of words, but still. He's famous for, I guess, the director's famous for just having these long shots on him. With intense waiting, and then he says a line, and it goes away. <laughs> right? Yeah, man. It's um, it's quite a it's quite a moment to dive into this thing because this is where is it? Isn't it just about in here where we start to realize he is affecting 
it's right around here where he's affecting the entire thing. Like it's very yes. meta. It's like a super meta thing. <laughs> these minutes, in fact, are is it, that's what these five minutes are basically about. Is his discovery that yeah. that you know not only has he heard his voice a couple times, but now it's become very clear that you are part of the story, and by the way, you're affecting the story. So I got a question. Did, okay. did Atreyu sustain these grievous wounds in this minute by that by the the uh, werewolf creature? I forget the name of it. it begins with a G. Yeah, the Gamork. Gamork. <laughs> yes, I believe so. Uh, unless it was somehow when the whole world exploded. Actually, it mm-hmm. was it was partially when the world exploded and he was hanging from the tree, trying yeah, not yep, to get yep, pulled yep. up into the thing. So he got hit with a few rocks there too. Yeah, I think but, the, I think the one the, across his chest was from the attack. Yeah, I think definitely. so. Yeah. I, I tried to go back and at least look at some of that because, yeah, when I first pulled up this minute, I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? Awesome. I'm not sure if it's his blood or if it's Gamork's blood because Gamork was on top of him, Ew. but yeah, <laughs> he, <laughs> he had a carry moment there. How handy to have Falcor at this point in the film. Like you have a fast traveling mount. Perfect. Right? <laughs> not so the first good. time we brought that up. <laughs> I imagine not. I imagine not. <laughs> Perfect timing. You just summon it. You blow your little ocarina whistle of time and you go where you need to go. <laughs> well, he's a luck dragon. Yeah, that's well, it true. wouldn't be much of a luck dragon if he wasn't there at the right times. It's true. It's true. Yeah, we, we talked about how in The NeverEnding Story 2, uh, there's a part where they're like, man, we just really need to get somewhere. And he's like right behind him again. Like, yeah, because of luck. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, speaking of Falcor, though, now we're getting into the part of the minute where we get this awesome shot of Falcor from the top. Right. And this particular model I, isn't my favorite, of course. I like the one where you're seeing his face, this long, off, far away upper shot of him. To me, his neck seems too long, and it doesn't really dive with some of the other s- stuff that we've seen him in, but it does quickly transition to the amazing puppeteering. It does. And I, I like the shot too because I like, it's just cool. Like, I, I know you could say it looks like they just have a movie screen behind them because they probably do in a lot of these shots. Yeah. But it, even though that's the case, I like that far shot when you can actually see the space around them. It's just otherworldly and cool. And you can tell that the stakes have changed a little by this 80th minute here. And I, uh, I think they just did a good job of showing us that. It's, it's nice. Just a nice visual cue as to where, how far this journey has come for Atreyu and Bastion, so to speak, by character, Definitely. as it were, you know? Definitely. And, and, like, and even the texture of the wall, the top of the wall, where it's all broken up looking, mm. adds to that feeling that, you know, this is not the way it's supposed to be anymore. This is separate. It's not whole anymore. It's definitely broken down, just like the world. Right. Now, when we're seeing that, the very far away shot where you can see the space around, is it just me or is that set like wiggling on the film or the film's wiggling? <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely looks like it is. Because yeah. it, was, it was making my eyes buggy and I was like, whoa, is that? That's not me, is it? Yeah, right. I think they were having some problems with their steady cam there. <laughs> At first, I was like, um, I'm drinking coffee tonight <laughs> for this one. So. I don't know why this set's moving, but it's moving. <laughs> I was like, did I turn the little vibrator on my chair on so the screen's shaking or something? Nice. I do a lot of driving, so I'm always in motion. I'm used to it, I guess. Yeah. And then, of course, the the walking towards that opening, right? <laughs> whatever it is. Um, we've, we've famously called this the ivory vulva. 
All right, I'm in. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm not the only one since they're, you know, 12 years old. I don't want to be too weird, but whoa. It, it, it is what it is. You can't call it anything but what it is. And when they and they keep cutting back to Falker, Falker, good Lord. Falcor. Thancor. Falk. Vrancor. Vrancor. Thancor. Falcor. Thank you. He, he's like urging him, yes, go, go. Go ahead. Go in there. Trust me. You're going to like it someday. <laughs> right <laughs> it's, it's like Actually, a, it's a weird cutback it's just like it's a, it is urging him forward into the and yeah. not only is he urging him forward but he also gives him a little creepy wink yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like go, go you're for gonna it. love this get in there buddy <laughs> uh I, I i like felcor but he when i watch him as an adult he he just does tend to be creepy all the time right he says some stuff in this movie that's like by today's standards would not be acceptable. Like in his first scene where he talks, he's like, I like children. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which, which as a adult male that I am, and I do like children. Is there a non creepy way to say that? No, there really isn't. No, no there's not. Uh, you can't say I like playing with children. You can't say I no. like being around children. Yeah. Children make me happy. None in of fact, it really works. You probably get less odd looks if you say, I hate children. Yeah, probably. <laughs> They'd probably be like, oh, okay, all right. Unless you'll stay away from mine. Right, right. <laughs> Not the giant dog dragon. Nope. Made of luck. <laughs> the luck dragon. I've, I've tried to figure out now if it's good luck or just um, luck in general. So the bad luck that happened to him a little bit ago, that was all kind of part of it. You got to take the good with the bad. But well, for the most part, he's a good luck dragon. <laughs> so is he, let's see, is luck part of his essence or, oh wait, no, that's the wrong question. The right question I'm trying to ask is, is luck something that he has like a power or is he made of luck? Like, like mm. Fantasia is made of children's and Bastion's imagination is, is, he, is this dragon like the embodiment of luck? I don't know, question. but. But I am thinking about a, a dragon paw now hanging around a tree's neck <laughs> for luck. <laughs> Part of my question goes with, if he is like the embodiment of luck, does that mean that Atreyu is kind of getting an un unfair share of luck where other people aren't getting now? I, I would say yes, definitely. Like, maybe that luck dragon could have helped that night before he went through the uh, the sphinxes and got all tore up. <laughs> But he wasn't with him. He was with the Treyu, so Treyu's yep. the one that made it through. <laughs> Tough look. Yeah. Speaking of things that wouldn't be in a kid's movie, those Sphinxes for sure would have been dressed different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had plenty of conversation about the uh, the statues. I wonder, that, that is a good question, Jonathan. Like, I wonder, is it is it is he made of the hardened stuff of luck? And if so, what does that even mean? Does it mean something? I'm sure they. This is probably one of those things they expand on the lore of the luck dragon because they they just kind of tell you he's a luck dragon. But I, I mean, I guess it, for him to show up and to be able to drag a trail around and pick him up in a timely fashion, you could argue is fortuitous or lucky or or not. I don't know because doesn't he disappear just like everything else? If should the banality of the humans destroy Fantasia, he disappears too, right? Yeah, uh, it would be assumed so, yes. Everything right. would be gone, including the Empress. Not so lucky in that case, but maybe it's just <laughs> luck for Atreyu. Now, in the book, he meets Atreyu a different way. I don't know if you've gotten to that part yet, Jonathan. Yes, yep. I yeah, did. so in the book, he, he meets him. 
he actually Atreyu actually saves uh, Falcor instead of the other way around. Okay. Falcor was in a fight with this big awful thing that was tearing him up, and Atreyu uses some some crazy logic to get them out of <laughs> there and and saves Falcor instead of Falcor saving him. Interesting. Well, the uh, uh, what? Uh, yeah. Y- Yegrimal? Have you, did you ever figure out how to say that? Yagrimal the many. Yes. yes That's uh, what he fights. Yagrimal uh, yes. convinced Atreyu to let him... Well, there's this whole thing, which I guess we're talking about this week with the child, childlike empress. You know, if she dies, everybody dies in, in Fantasia. So... Got it. Good and evil alike are at least respectful of her life. So, yes, the Yagrimal convinces Atreyu to let him... Or let her... Is it a her? I don't know. I seem to think it yeah, was a her. Yeah, I would say her. Um, yeah. Let her... The, the Empress? Let, uh, no, Yagrimal. Yagrimal okay, convinced Atreyu to let Yagrimal bite him because then her poison would allow him to wish himself anywhere in Fantasia only for up to an hour because then he dies after an hour. And mm. then and then uh, Felcor heard that conversation and since he was already in a fight with Yagrimal, wished himself away too. So, got it. So, Atreyu kind of cool. saved him just by being there and having that conversation. So, they both got away. Got it. And the reason that's not in the movie is because they thought it would be way too difficult to do. Because sure. Yagrimal the Many was a, it's like a creature made up of many tiny creatures. So, kind of flying a, around yeah. like all these little flying creatures make one big creature. Like high, and it was just too hard to do. Yeah. yeah. It'd be awesome to see, yeah. though. Yes, definitely. That's the one reason I would consider wanting a remake for this movie is to see something like that on screen. Is it pretty close to the book, though? I've never read it. It's it's the first half of the book. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, they basically took the first half of the book and made it into the movie, and it's fairly fairly well on, fairly good on with it. It it follows it pretty closely. So when he's like, "Yeah," at the end, flying around, that's just <laughs> the midpoint of the book. Yeah, and that wow. doesn't happen in the book. <laughs> oh, I figured as much. But <laughs> yeah, basically, what happens then is Bastion's told, or he's given the Orin and told that he can rebuild Fantasia one wish at a time, and he starts to do that. He makes all these crazy yeah, yeah. wishes, and slowly actually starts to lose his memory. Each each wish costs a memory. Oh wow! And yeah, Treyu ends up saving him in the end, and yeah, it's pretty great stuff. I well, better I better finish this book then. That sounds good. <laughs> Says it just got spoiled. <laughs> right? <laughs> Guess you don't have to. Whoops. Well, yeah. Right. So you did mention something earlier, Dean, about walking into this into this Ivory Volva. Yeah. And, you know, if if anything, this does kind of signify a tree completing his journey. And we all know as guys that our biggest journey in life is to get into the Ivory Volva as well. <laughs> And the the funny thing is, he was taken away at the very very beginning of the movie. He was supposed to be on a quest for his or his tribe had like a a hunt right. that would secure his manhood. Like, say, when you finish this hunt, you're finally a man. He got taken away from that to do this quest, and now he's on screen becoming a man oh, by yeah. going into the Ivory Volva. Oh yeah, excellent. Is, is that uh, huh? Just is take, that canon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that tie into like so he's alone with his dad, uh, but he misses his mom? Is it, you know like the the hunt is like the manly thing, but he got taken away from that to to go meet the it's child. It's definitely like Empress, possible. You know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I'll have to admit, I haven't thought about all that, but because there's, there's so much to try to figure out, like how it all ties into his life. But that's definitely a possibility. Hmm. Very much. Yeah, I yeah. like it, man. It's, it's, I, I was also, I know you talked about all these minutes before, but it's funny that he was selected, so to speak, for this pretty important mission. So obviously, Atreus separate and or special against his own tribe. Right. Right. They didn't send some Aragorn guy over <laughs> to like, they sent a child, a literal child with glorious wavy locks. And we'll get into that a little bit here in the next couple of days because, you know, the childlike Empress is going to talk about why right. he had to take this journey and she's actually the one that chose him. So I like it. That all, that all kinds of ties, kind of ties in. So awesome. I have one more question about this minute. Go for it. Uh, towards the, the, I almost forgot. At the beginning of this minute, we see the book. Does that book have two ribbon bookmarkers? Yes, a red one and a white one. I've never yep. seen one like that. I want one. So two people can read the book at the same time, maybe. <laughs> he didn't actually have to lose Mr. Coriander's spot, except for he threw the book. Oh, but man. <laughs> he could have maintained that spot and just given it back, and he wouldn't have lost his spot at all. But That's a good point. I never even considered that. I wanted to point out something that we talked about last week that you guys haven't really gotten to hear about, but <laughs> note that the candles are on the wrong side of the book for to actually light what he's reading. Right. Yep. <laughs> so he's actively destroying his eyes here trying to read this because those aren't adding any light to the pages at all. Mm, it's probably actually making it harder because he's got to differentiate between the light blaring into his eyes and then the dark exactly. book. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What's this and, guy and doing? Just for my purposes, he's in, is he, where is he reading this book? Is he up? Is he in the school upstairs or the library? I forget where he, he was. He's in the attic of his school. Okay, and it's nighttime. Now it is. Yes, and his dad is terrible. Like, where's your kid, <laughs> man? Where is? Where's your son? We all have, we have to assume that he's a latchkey kid. So who knows yeah. when his dad would actually get home from work? It's true. It's the eighties. Yeah. Times are different. I mean, he's walking the streets alone. Yeah. It's yeah. Time. Yep. Maybe he's got like that Ferris Bueller dummy in his bed. So his dad just comes home and just you're like, oh, yeah, he's sleeping. All right. Goodbye. Not he's like got it. a book. The dummy has a book in his hands. <laughs> he's got next yeah, thing he's, you know. <laughs> he's got that dummy under the covers with the flashlight all set up. Yeah. yeah. Edward Rooney's going to break into the attic up there and drag him <laughs> out of there. Let's go, Second. Bastion. Nine times. Nine times. <laughs> I caught you this time. Oh, goodness. All right. Do you guys have any other notes for this minute? Not, not for this no, one. No, not really. No. All right. Well, Dina, thanks for yes. joining us on this week. This is this is awesome. I've been trying to get you on for a while. I know. <laughs> I've, I don't know if I've told everybody else, but I know I've told you. You were my inspiration to actually start podcasting. Oh, that's cool. I had the idea, like, but you, you're, you're. Uh, let's see your symposium, I guess on podcasting where you, you basically said, if you want to do it, just do it. <laughs> right. It sounds so simple sometimes, but sometimes it's good to hear it from somebody else because uh, trust me, I need to be, I need to hear it too sometimes. So I'm glad that we could help you get the, uh, get the energy required to do what you got to do. But beyond the tiny bit of inspiration, you've done some good stuff here, man. You got a lot of episodes, you're got a bunch of guests on. That's a lot of work. A lot of work to do yeah. guests, which is why we don't do a lot of them. <laughs> it's, just, it's too much, you know. It's like, ugh, I don't know. So, congrats. Yeah, thank you. It's been it's been great, and it it's I can't believe we're actually coming to the end. I I did speak with Tierney on the phone today, and we talked about like you know we have like three more weeks, and yeah. we're almost done. That's crazy. 
Yeah, well, I'm happy you had me on, man. It's a, it's an honor, and you know, we just covered Willow. Um, that's a lot different, yes. by the way. <laughs> just going to warn you guys: if you do listen, be careful. It's rated E for a reason. But um, it it made me. I was thinking about Neverending Story a lot after that because we were talking about how we would rank a lot of these '80s fantasy films. So uh, right. was, it was a cool little crossover. It's good timing. Yes, uh, and one of one of your favorite movies is. Uh, I, I was glad to hear that. Yeah, the yeah. Princess Bride. Because that's oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> of of that genre, no doubt. Yes. Princess Bride. Yeah, it's excellent. All right. Well, Dean, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Sure, man. Um, you can find me at libertygeek.net. It's that simple. Um, if you have a little podcasting application and you want to listen to us, I would say start with our flagship show, which is the Science Fiction Film Podcasts. Imagine if you were eavesdropping on a bunch of poorly mannered and really ruckus people listening in, or, or talking about a movie. It's it's definitely not clean lyrics. Um, I'm behaving tonight <laughs> to avoid uh, putting a lot of work on Thomas's editing skills. I'm speaking with my uh, indoor near children voice. Um, so yeah, but it's a little, it's definitely a different flavor. But uh, yeah, check it out. It's a lot of fun. I highly enjoy it. Jonathan, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Uh, yes, uh, I am from the Princess Bride Minute and you can find us at theprincessbridemenute.com. And I plan to listen to that. Yeah, it was a great show. I, I I was kind of sad when it was off the air. It was part of my daily listening. So, oh, if I can say, we got some episodes coming, some some bonus things. Cool. All right, if you're looking for me or looking for the show, of course you already found it. We're never any minute on iTunes or I'm sorry, Apple Store is Apple Apple something now. They don't want uh, us Apple to call podcasts. it iTunes. Yeah, they don't like iTunes anymore. Yeah, well, that's going to be a transition, <laughs> I think. I know, it's going to take some time. Um, if you're looking for us on Twitter, we're at Nev and Min. That's N-E-V-E-N-D-M-I-N. If you're looking for me, I'm at the Wookie Lives on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to check out the Listener Society, the Never Ending Minute Ivory Tower on Facebook, where you can join the conversation, talk about what we talked about, or bring up your own points. And lastly, send us a review. We're going to read those out during the credits week. And we look forward to hearing what you guys thought of the show. So we have more to look forward to here at the Ivory Tower and inside the Ivory Volva. But (laughs) that's that's another another story. story. Oh, boy. That shall be told another time. Is that when I say that? Yep. Okay, cool. (laughs) That was perfect. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.